Praise the Lord, everyone. Did you guys come to have church tonight? Did you come to be the church tonight? If you came to be the church, I'm going to preach to you tonight. If you didn't come to be the church, I'm still going to preach to you tonight. I'm going to take your attention to Isaiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 10, which is actually the whole chapter. Say amen when you get there. Isaiah 35 and 1, the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency for our God, of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands. Not your weak hands, but the weak hands. Confirm the feeble knees. Not just your weak knees and your feeble knees, but the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as in heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall be waters break out, and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons, where each lay, shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but shall be for those the wayfaring men. Though fools shall not err therein, no lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain the joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I want to take the next few moments with the help of the Lord to preach to you on this thought. Let the church be the church. Pastor, will you pray over the word? bless you. You can be seated. Let the church be the church. 
This passage in Isaiah is a promise given to Israel immediately after the promise of the destruction to the rebellious and unrepented nations that arise against God and his righteousness. And just like God, he promised Israel that he would deliver new life back to them. I believe in 2023 that God is still promising us new life to the sinner's heart. I believe in the wilderness of our lives and our hearts that God is still trying to bring a direction and an anointing that will fulfill every person. The Bible talks about this place and calls it the wilderness and the solitary place. I believe if you live for God long enough, you've had a wilderness experience. Living for God isn't always easy, but the solitary place is interpreted as a place with no water. And it's no secret that this world and this generation is, is a dry, barren place without the rivers of living water that they desperately need. This world is craving something. That's why they fill it with addiction. That's why they fill it with lusts and perversions. That's why they fill it with all types of different things. It's a dry, wasted world that we live in. But I've come to tell you tonight that that's the greatest place for the church to be the church. In a barren world, in a place with no glory, is the best place for the church to be the church. Come on, somebody, it's not enough for you to be in the church. It's not enough for you to be a member at a church. It's not enough for you to pull in the parking lot every time the doors are open. But God is calling us to be the church. In a world that doesn't know there's another place to turn to. In a world that doesn't know there's another way to go. In a world that doesn't know there's a better way. That's the place for the church to be the church. This world's craving something to fill their emptiness. If you ask the alcoholic, he didn't just wake up one day and decide, I'm going to be an alcoholic. If you ask the drug addict, they didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to develop an addiction. But it's an emptiness that's in the heart of man from the very beginning. From our very being, there's an emptiness in our lives. But thank God that he filled my emptiness with the power and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank God that I knew where to turn to fill my emptiness. But I want you to know there's a world that doesn't know where to turn to. There's a world that don't know where to go to. And it's the job of the church to be the one that says the church is going to be a healing station. The church is going to be a place of deliverance. The church is going to be a place of comfort. The church is going to be a place of confirmation. It's going to be a place where your children can be saved. It's going to be a place where the alcoholic is delivered. It's going to be a place where drug addictions are broken. I come to tell somebody tonight it's time for the church to be the church. The Bible says that this place, this barren place, shall receive the glory of Lebanon. It shall be given unto it the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. It was a place that held no glory, but now it's going to be given the glory of Lebanon. The cedars of Lebanon were what was used to build both Solomon's palace and the temple in Jerusalem. He said in a barren place, in an empty place, 
in a place that has no glory, I'm going to let the glory of the church rise up. I'm going to let the glory of the church be seen. I come to tell you tonight, this isn't the day for the church to get quieter. This isn't the day for the church to stop shouting. This isn't the day for the church to stop reaching. But this is the best day for the church to get louder. It's the best day for the church to start screaming more, to start reaching more, to start crying out more. Come on, somebody, let the church be the church in a place with no glory, in a barren world, in a wicked generation. Let the church be the church. These cedars of Lebanon were used to build the church. God is able to take lives that appear empty and worthless from a wasteland of wickedness and build a palace of praise. But it's not going to happen if we make this place a social club. It's not going to happen if this is just a place where we gather together. But it's only going to happen if we make up our mind that it's time for the church to be the church. Come on, somebody, if the church moves forward and God is glorified and my name is never seen in lights, that's fine with me because I just want to see the church be the church. There's empty lives that's dependent on the church to do our job. There's some empty lives that's dependent on you, dependent on your work, dependent on your witness, dependent on your ministry, dependent on your anointing. And there's no better time than right now for the church to be the church. The Bible says, strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Weak hands, hands that have lost their strength, hands that no longer have a grip on life, hands that no longer have a grip on truth. The Bible didn't say throw them to the wayside and forget about them. The Bible didn't say they're not our kind of people. Just tell them we don't want them at this church. But God said those with weak hands that have lost their grip, those that have let go of the truth, you need to lift those hands up. Come on, somebody, the greatest part about being the church is we don't throw prodigals back to the world, but we put them on the platform. We make teachers out of them. We make preachers out of them. We make disciples out of them. I come to tell you tonight, that's letting the church be the church. I know you got a past, but it's been erased. It's under the blood. It's been washed away. Let the church be the church. Oh, that God would help us to strengthen weak hands. Oh, that God would help us to confirm feeble knees. Knees that are unstable to support themselves. Knees that have staggered and stumbled. Knees that have fallen along the journey trying to get there. Somehow we got to be able as the church to pick them back up when they're down in alcoholism, when they're lost in perversion, when they're lost in addiction. We can't just sit back with our stuck up nose and say I'm better than them because I'm not living that way anymore. Come on somebody, if we're going to be the church, we got to get down where it gets dirty. We got to confirm those feeble knees. We got to pick them up and say, come on brother, you can make it another step. Come on, sister, you can make it another step. It's not time to quit. It's not time to give up. It's not time to throw in the towel, but let the church be the church. There's people that aren't able to make this journey on their own. 
They're not as fortunate as we are. And they need the power and the comfort of the church. They need the support of a stronger vessel that'll help carry them, that'll help get them to their destination. Romans 15 and 1 says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not please ourselves. Galatians 6 and 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such and one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bible says if you refuse to restore, you may become guilty of the very thing they failed to. So my job is to not let carnality stop me from lifting up weak hands. My job is to not let carnality stop me from confirming feeble knees. But my job is to let the Spirit push me and say, I realize I'm just one decision away from being in the same condition they're in. If it wasn't for the Lord who is on my side, if it wasn't for the Lord who turned my life around, if it wasn't for the Lord who made a way for me when there was no way, if it wasn't for the Lord, where would I be? Come on, somebody, I'm telling you about being the church. My cousin Tommy Carr just went down in the name of Jesus. That's letting the church be the church. We're lifting up weak hands. We're confirming feeble knees. We're letting the church be the church. Come on, somebody, if I told you God just healed somebody from cancer, you'd be jumping over those chairs right now. But I'm telling you, God just saved a man from hell. God just washed away the sins of a man in the name of Jesus. You ought to be praising him louder than that. Let the church be the church. Come on, somebody, the church shouts like it was your son that was just baptized. The church shouts like it was your daughter that was just baptized. The church shouts like it was your family member that just had their sins washed away. Let the church be the church. If we're gonna be the church, there's only one real church. We gotta be a one God. Jesus name, apostolic church. We have to continue in the apostles doctrine. I want the church to see what the apostles saw. I wanna see blind eyes opened. I wanna see the lame get up and walk again. I wanna see sickness disappear and never return. But if the church wants to see what they saw, then if the church wants to have what they had, we got to do what they did. If you want what they had, you got to do what they did. All throughout the book of Acts, there was great power, great demonstration, great anointing, great signs, great wonders, great revival, and great miracles. In Acts 4:43, when they prayed, the building was shaken. In Acts 5 and 11, many signs and wonders were done. In Acts 5 and 15 through 16, the shadow of Peter passed over the sick and they were all healed. In Acts 5, 17 through 21, the apostles were delivered from prison by an angel. In Acts chapter 8, the Ethiopian is converted. In Acts chapter 9, Jesus speaks to Paul from heaven. In Acts chapter 10, an angel visits Cornelius and his whole house is filled with the Holy Ghost. Every chapter in the first 16 chapters of the book of Acts is miracle after miracle. 
except for Acts chapter 11. There are no miracles in Acts chapter 11 because in Acts chapter 11, Peter has to try to convince church people that he's okay for reaching for lost people. Come on, somebody, miracles in every chapter except chapter 11 because in chapter 11, the religious people were mad because they were reaching out for the dirty Gentiles. And any time a movement forgets its evangelism, God will shut off the supernatural. Come on, somebody, if you want the supernatural in your church, go get you some drug addicts. If you want the supernatural in your church, go get you some alcoholics. If you want the supernatural in your church, go find you some sinners and God will unlock the supernatural in this place. It's the birthright of the church to have a supernatural movement of the power of God. Dead church isn't in our DNA, but just like the book of Acts church, miracles are in our DNA. Signs and wonders are in our DNA. Revival is in our DNA. But if we want what they had, we got to do what they did. Come on, somebody being apostolic is more than clapping your hands and talking in tongues once in a while. It's a 24-7, 365 days a year proposition. It's more than just Sunday and Tuesday. It's Monday and Wednesday too. If you want what they had, you got to do what they did. Come on, somebody, I want what they had. I want tongues of fire. I want a mighty rushing wind. I want an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I want what they had tonight. But if we want what they had, we got to do what they did. Don't believe this modern denominational teaching, once saved, always saved. There's more than drinking in a bar on Saturday and singing in a choir on Sunday. There's more than dressing like a godly person on Sunday and looking like a street walker on Friday night. There's more than walking into this place and feeling changed than walking out the same way you came in. There's more than that. You can have more than that. But if you want what they had, you got to do what they did. I want to see revival. I want people to know that there's something going on in this city. I want people to know that they can come to breaking bread and see their life changed. I want to see the dead raised again. I want to see miracle signs and wonders. I want to see people lined up to be baptized in Jesus' name. I want to watch the town drunk walk down to this altar and be sobered up by the Holy Ghost. But if you want what they had, you got to do what they did. Ministers, if we want what they had, we got to preach like they preached. Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Ephesians chapter 4, There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the not a mighty God, the not a everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. 1 John 5 and 7, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. If we want what they have, we got to preach the same one God message that they preached. 
Come on, somebody, there is no Trinity. It's false doctrine. Jesus isn't a way to God. He's the way to God because he is God. If we want what they had, we got to preach like they preach. One God. Jesus is his name. Jesus' name, baptism, infilling of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody, Acts 1, 4, and 5. And Jesus being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. Acts 2 and 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Come on, somebody, anybody that tells you that the baptism of the Holy Ghost was only for the apostles, either they're purposely lying to you or they don't understand their Bible. Because my Bible says that the promise is unto you and it's unto me and it's unto your children and it's unto my children. If you're called by God, you're open for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody, this modern day preach, this modern day teaching says all roads lead to heaven. But I come to tell you tonight, all roads lead to hell. There's one road that leads to heaven, and it's a straight and narrow way. It's a Jesus' name way. It's a repent of your sins and be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody, if you want what they had, you got to preach what they preached. That's being the church. That's letting the church be the church. If we want what they had, we got to pray like they prayed. The book of Acts church was a praying church. There's 28 chapters in the book of Acts, and they had 33 prayer meetings. The book of Acts is a praying church. If you want to have what they had, you got to pray like they prayed. There's no substitute for an intercessor. We need an intercessor more than we need another singer in the church. We need an intercessor more than we need another preacher in the church. We need an intercessor more than we need another musician in the church. There's no substitute for prayer. If we want what they had, we got to pray like they prayed. The disciples had been raised to pray. They prayed morning prayers. They prayed afternoon prayers. They prayed evening prayers. They prayed 18 benedictions three times a day. They prayed the Shema, Hero Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord twice a day. They prayed and they prayed. But when they started hanging around Jesus, they realized the way that they prayed all those years won't get us what he's got. So they went to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. They knew to have the kind of revival that Jesus was calling for. They needed another level of prayer. Can I tell you tonight, what we need more than anything is for us to get to another level of prayer. Because if we want what they had, we got to pray like they prayed. And if we want what they had, we got to worship like they worshiped. The church has made its way to a more modern stage. From 20 years ago, when you walk into the church now, it looks completely different. 
We've done away with pews and moved on to chairs. We got TV screens that provide the words to every song on the screen. We've got heat and air conditioning. People aren't shout, shouting around a wood-burning stove anymore. We've got nice instruments. We've got a nice sound system. We've got nice carpets. And I'm thankful for the TVs. I'm thankful for the air conditioning. I'm thankful for the instruments. But I didn't come to praise him for the upgrades on the building. But I came to praise him for the upgrades on my life. I'm going to praise him for turning my life around. I'm going to praise him for pulling me out of the barren world. I'm going to praise him for erasing my failures. And if we want what they had, we got to worship like they worshiped. Come on, somebody, I want to see some women shout their hair down again. I want to see some bobby pins flying all over this place. I want to see so many men running around this place that the snack shop runs out of water. I want to see some people that's been going through a valley take a leap around this place because your valley doesn't determine how you worship. I want to see some week-long revivals. I want to see some people not worry about how late we're here on Tuesday night. Come on, somebody. If you want what they had, you got to worship like they worshiped. Stand with me tonight as the musicians come. We got to let the church be the church. We need this church to be just like the book of Acts church. We got to do what the apostles did. We got to preach what the apostles preached. We got to pray like they prayed. And we got to worship like they worshiped. But we also got to believe like they believed. The book of Acts church was a church built on faith. No matter what they were going through, they knew that if they called on the name of Jesus, that he would show up and deliver them. If we want what they had, we got to believe like they believed. I was listening to a preacher preach a message this weekend. He began to tell a story about a lady that went to his church. Her name was Phyllis Davenport. She was completely blind in one eye. And her other eye, the doctor had to completely remove it due to diabetes and sickness. She had one eye and she was completely blind out of it. Preacher telling the story said at the time he was 12 years old. Said he walked into the church on that Sunday night. He said he heard the voice of God speak to him. Say, I want to heal Phyllis tonight. He said, I went to my mom. And I said, Mom, God wants to heal Phyllis tonight. Can you go get her? As her mom replied to him, God isn't talking to me, boy. He's talking to you. You can go get her yourself. He said, so he walked back to the back of the church where that little old lady was sitting. He leaned over and he said, Phyllis, this is Jay. God wants to heal you tonight. Can I take you up front for prayer? So Phyllis stood up and he began to walk her to the front of the church. And they got up to about the second pew from the front. And Phyllis looked at him 
leaned over to him and said, the only thing that I want to pray for tonight is that God will save my unsaved children. He said he got a little disappointed. He really thought Phyllis was going to be healed. But then he heard God speak to him again. And God said, have faith. If you put others before yourself, I'll put you before others. So they continued on to the front of the church. Said the pastor looked at Phyllis, said, Phyllis, this is a big check, but I believe God's about to cash it. Said the pastor reached out, and as soon as his hand touched her head, she began to scream and shout and dance all over the front of that church, screaming, I can see your face. I can see your face. Because when you let faith walk into your life, anything is possible. A few days later, Phyllis went to her doctor's office in Indianapolis. She walked herself in for the first time in a long time. When she walked in to see the doctor, the doctor seen her, and the doctor said, what in the world happened, Phyllis? She looked at the doctor and said, I found a better doctor. She said, I found a better doctor, and I need you to do an x-ray on the other eye. And the doctor said, that's crazy, Phyllis. You know I completely removed that other eye from the socket. And she looked at him again and said, I told you I found a better doctor. And I want you to know when they pulled that eye patch off of God, that eye, God hadn't only healed her blind eye, but he had completely restored the one that sickness stolen from her. Come on, somebody, if you'll just let faith walk into your life tonight, anything is possible. If you came in here sick, you can leave here healed. If you came in here depressed, you can leave here with joy. If you came in here in a valley, you can leave here on a mountain. Let faith walk into your life right now and anything is possible.